Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS RID 399801. Feral Audio. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back. I know we've done a couple of live ones, two in a row. I don't believe any podcast has ever released two live podcasts in a row. It's unprecedented. People are talking about it. Now I'm back to my uh, famous one-on-one format, and uh, my guest today is Mehran Kagani. God, I had to remind myself how to say that. Mehran Kagani, who's a really funny dude with an interesting story, interesting life, and uh, yeah, you can hear that in a second. First, you got to sift through my uh, tour dates. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to Memphis, uh, the Wichita area, Grand Rapids, Pontiac, Lansing, the Sasquatch Festival, and D.C. I have those coming up. Also, London and Manchester, I'll be announcing crowd work shows for those cities in the United Kingdom. T-shirts, Todd Berry podcast T-shirts, flying off the shelves. Now I think they print them as you order them, so they're not even—they're not on shelves. But you know what I meant. And also, they're not flying off the shelves in any sense of the word. Go to Teespring, T-E-E Spring dot com slash Todd Barry. You can find those. And uh, go to FeralAudio dot com. They pro- they produce this podcast and a bunch of others. So you can go to that site and listen to a bunch of podcasts. And uh, what else? Twitter, Netflix, special. You can check those things out. And that's about it. Here is Mehran Kagani, everyone. You can start talking now. I can. All right. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anything. Can I give you? Can I give you a present? I got you. Oh, you got me a present. Of really? course, I got Is this you a present. Going to work well visually. Um, I'll just describe it. What you got. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome to describe no it. No one's I, ever given me a gift. Oh, never. No. Well, um, it like in life, it's a little desperate. But. It's no, it's not even a desperate thing. Wait till you see. I heard you love soaps. So you heard I love soap. Yeah, is that I like soap? Is that true? You so, got me a. Oh my! I got god. you this. Oh my god! I got you African black soap. Yeah, lick me all over. That's wow. the flavor. Wow, I, that it's. I'm not suggesting. This must have set you back um, two dollars and ninety five. Seriously? Cents. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. Um, but I, I thought it's I, a nice thing. I thought it was a nice thing. I don't know if I love soaps. No, I, no one told me you liked soaps. <laughs> I but I know. But I. That is a type of thing that if I go on the road and I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll. Oh, there's nine dollar bar soap. I'll, I'll treat myself to it. Yeah, like that's if I'm nice. in one of those stores that has that kind of thing. But I'm not like Mister Soap. No, no one's really. I'm being really soap. defensive about your what you said about soap. It's really not that. What if I was really into soap? But or what if people started to just give you soap all the time? Oh shit! Right. Well, I have a story about that. But that's, <laughs> you're the guest. 
Oh, uh, thank you. You're very welcome. Do you think this is a good soap, or is this like a gimmicky soap? Well, clear. I got it from a dollar store. Oh, did you really? But it was three dollars at a dollar store, which means that for them it was oh a super God, premium that's... item. I don't even know if that's legal. I'm right. <laughs> Technically, it's false advertising, but I thought that you should thank you have some African that. black soap. Thank you. In the flavor of lick me I all over. If, um, I wonder if. I wonder if. Oh, I haven't even smelled it. Oh. And it's actually black. Can you smell that at home, people? Mm -hmm. I should use this, too. I shouldn't just, like, display this like a funny thing. It's up to you. No, I'm going to... Keep your weed in it. You don't don't smoke smoke. weed. I know you don't. I know you don't. But thank you for spreading that about me as well. (laughs) That I'm a soap-loving pothead. Yeah. (laughs) Now, you were telling me you had a bit of red wine last night? Yeah, I did. I, I drank a bit. It was date night. What does that mean? means I went out with the partner, and, like, he should have some fun in the city. You know... What does he do? Uh, he does uh, all kinds of data analysis for green energy. Okay. And so, but he has been working from home since we moved to New York. So it's been a very sort of, uh, you know, incubated life for him. And so he works out of that. Now you live in a really small apartment. Tiny, 244 square feet. Oh my God. Yeah. So we lofted our bed and then under the footprint of our bed is his office. Oh my God! The footprint of your bed. Yeah, I, as in it's basically. Yeah, I get it. I just never heard it referred to that way. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, see, wow. Now, how big? You're looking at my apartment now. Yeah, not very big, but cavernous. But, really? Ours. Yeah. Oh. I mean, uh, I just wanted that on record. Our bed, <laughs> and it's very nice, Todd. It is that, very nice. It's and not you that use nice. The don't space wisely. Don't and, reveal where I live. And the building is very nice. Okay, just leave How's it at that? that. Right. That I can say that. Though, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like I was intimidated coming in. Really? Yeah. No, oh, no. Everyone's really nice here. Yeah. I'm the meanest guy in the building. Actually. I bet you are. The um. So it's 240 square feet. 244. Yeah. So that's like those uh, four square feet count. <laughs> once, no, you're no, the, no. once you're in that range. So do you have? Because I've seen like. Because uh, I don't think I use my space well, but we could talk about that another yeah, time. Yeah, sure. Did, are you like an expert at that kind of thing now? Uh, I think, well, we had to become a little bit space efficient. You know, we had to become, we had to develop some kind of sensibility yeah. for it. So are you, do you have any hoarder instincts? I had them. I mean, I used to live in a two bedroom in the Fenway for eight years in Boston, uh-huh. where, which was just packed to the gills with every piece of shit I'd ever right. accumulated. Much bigger apartment than you are in Significant. The... I mean, like my, my bedroom was bigger than the apartment wow. that we have now. And, uh, you know, I had to get rid of something like 400 books and... So many other things, like wardrobe for my days as a raver, like all these like oh. little things that I loved and knickknacks. And uh, Noah was like, I'm not moving in with you if you bring all this shit with you. Mm-hmm. So he kind of... He laid down the law, and it wasn't... It, 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 was, uh, it was bitter. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was acrimony. It was not a... Why didn't you get like a storage space? Uh, why didn't we? I, you know what? I've done storage spaces in the past. I just don't believe it. I don't believe in like breaking up your shit like that. I just really? don't. It's not... It's not something I believe in. It's, it's I have not, several of them, believe it or not. Do you really? Well, as a New Yorker, ever, you kind of have to, It's kind right? of embarrassing. But, uh, Why but, is that embarrassing? Just because that I somehow ended up with more than one storage space. How many is several? Well, I guess I could fully disclose. Yeah. I have one near this place. Mm. Then I have my drums and some stuff down in Florida. You were I can't I can't part with them. Mm-hmm. So my dad was nice enough to move it into a storage space for me that I pay for. Sure. He's not that nice. No, he, no I mean, <laughs> I just said, you move that shit in and I'll pay for it, Dad. Mm. And he was nice enough to do that. And then uh, then there's a service. I'm not going to mention their name because they're not paying me. But when I see what I did, I moved in from a one-bedroom apartment to this, which is a studio apartment now. Uh-huh. I'm sorry to shoot down people's dreams that I live in like a mansion. But so I kind of like had more stuff 
stuff too too much stuff for this place. Uh huh. So there's a thing. There's this company, and they come over with plastic boxes. I've seen that. You fill them up, and you send them. It seems incredibly yeah. convenient. Yeah, and it's only like seven dollars a box. It's nothing. Yeah, per month. It's nothing. It's it still is. it still amounts to it's nothing. To save, uh, you know, a gift bag that has a program from South by Southwest from 2010. It's worth it. Yeah, I get that. I have I have that. Um, that I can't throw I anything can't out, man. I, I can't it. do it, man. I get it. Where'd you go on your date night? Um, I t- well, I had a gig at Stonewall. Uh huh. And which is always neat to actually be at the Stonewall. Yeah. Inn, which uh, I've for- never been inside of it. Well, you, but you I'm aware of the history. You're right. Yeah, I'm an open-minded, smart, smart man. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's it's neat to get to perform there and all of that. You know, the gayness, the gay air in there. But no, we started there. I just did a quick set, and then we walked around the village and we ate at a couple of places, got dessert at another place. It Wait, was nice. what do you mean you ate at a couple of places? It sounds like you got a slice at some place. No. So uh, Noah lived in Germany for years, and he has like this weird thing about Turkish food, but he doesn't want real Turkish food, which is what I know about uh-huh. as an Iranian. Um, he wants like German Germanized? street meat. Yeah. He wants I mean, like all the fast food in Germany. A lot of the fast food in Germany is Turkish derivative kind uh-huh. of food. So that's what he wanted. And I took him to a couple of places and... He ate his like German street. So meat. was this like walking around food? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it was nice. I I like to see. I like to keep my man a little happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You Not didn't want to spoil happy. him. Yeah. You didn't want to spoil him with a place where there's a waiter. Yeah. A no. 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 In fact, he paid and went to the counter. Of course. I'm not like I'm not that kind of adoring partner. <laughs> How long you been with this guy? Four years. Four years. Yeah, a little over. That's a long time. It is. I love him very much. I, all right. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. I wasn't saying. Whoa. Slow. Right. The, uh, I thought you guys were engaged. Uh, I'm not trying to mess up his credit. I need him to be the legitimate face of our, of what, our operation. I'm, I'm the rogue element, and then he's the, he's the one the house will be in his name. Oh, he's like the quote-unquote right. responsible guy? Yes, You're for the loose sure. cannon. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't. You didn't think that I was the responsible one. I don't know you seem responsible. You seem somewhat intelligent. I don't know. I hadn't. I hadn't started analyzing your your. Right, we barely know each other. Yeah, Todd. I, I barely know you. Yeah, and I, I don't like you so far. No, it's I'm okay. joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Now, when I sent you a Facebook message, you, made, you actually made me laugh in your response because I said, "Here, this is where I record." I said I record in this area of town, mm-hmm. and I didn't give you where. You didn't. Because w- w- it wasn't to that point yet where you're saying yes. I could have. I, I thought s- about I, it. I actually said yes. I actually mulled over. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Then I dragged it out an extra step. It was unnecessary. <laughs> it was my fault. But you said, are you waiting till the last second to give me the address? So I, I think this is a rave. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. What? So you're a raver? You, I was a raver. Well, in I don't. The 90s. Even, I barely know what goes on a rave. It's, I know it's terrible music and terrible, terrible oh, drug no, abuse. No, you right? can't think that. Well, one. Is there any? I guess some drug abuse is terrible, but in general, it's, it was lovely drug abuse. It was the best possible drug abuse. These are drugs that are now sort of being explored for any number of therapeutic, and once upon a time were used for therapeutic measures, right. but uh, but not necessarily at the rave by seventeen. Well, right, but they were. I mean, I think a lot of these kids were. You know, they they do struggle with feelings of alienation and you know uh, problems communicating and. Um, you know, certainly depression. Oh and, my God, you sound like you work for a, a nonprofit or something. Well, I do. You know, I did that for years too. Did you really? I I oh wrote for Larry Summers at Harvard. Did you really? Yeah, I forgot. That who was he my is. job. He I was the president of Harvard. He okay. was the former secretary of the Treasury under Clinton. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the those drugs actually have lovely therapeutic um 
benefits. Yeah. And the music is... So what goes on at a rave? Is it like an illegal club sort of? Invariably, it's, they want to put it somewhere where the cops don't bust it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's. But it's it's not like at a proper club where they just have a. Sometimes they have it at a proper club, but, but it's a little more exciting than woods. if it's in like in. Da- oh really? Oh yeah. How does the DJ set up with the? Like generators that are super loud, but the music is ten times louder than yeah. a generator. So it's sort of Imagine. like a uh, what is that that Burning Man type situation? It has a That's lot of that energy. A lot of hippies. A lot of you know. Like, I mean, back then, I mean, we were crazy. I was wearing like yellow fur, I had pink hair, and oh I wore God. makeup every day. And yeah, I saw some pictures of you on your website. <laughs> so, how often would you go to a rave? Uh, it was my lifestyle for years. Like, what age to what age? Uh, 19 to I would say like 21 to. Okay, so you had four years. How many times a week would you rave, go to a rave? Well, sometimes it would be like for three days at a time. Like, oh, not really? sleeping. Yeah. How did you make money? Uh, Oh God! Uh, shoplifting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily like, call that a way of making money. No, but, but it is a way I of making money. Thievery. In lieu of making money, you thievery is you making shoplifted. money. That's disappointing. Sure. Why? Why? I don't know. Why are you stealing people's shit? Oh my shit? God! It's not people's shit. It's awful giant companies' shit. Ah, rationalization. Oh yeah, and I do, I do rationalize. You know that's extent. a rationalization. Yeah, and I, of course I know it's a rationalization. But in the same breath, it's not the same thing as taking like, you know, food out of a baby's mouth. I'm not going to call the cops. But... <laughs> But I might call the cops. I mean, that'd, be, that'd be kind of a cool twist. I think the statute of People would be talking is... about this episode even more than they're going to talk about it if I actually had. Were you? Have you always had like a very clear moral compass? Like you'd never. I'm stole? a pretty. I'm a pretty. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect. Okay. But I, I, you know, it's it's hard to say. Oh, I'm so moral because then people go, if you're saying you're so moral, you're probably not moral. But I'm. I sounds like I'm more moral than you are. <laughs> Well, it sounds like I'm sure. a better person than you are. I'm sure you are, Todd. In fact, I'll I'll put money on oh. it that you're a better person oh, than man, I am. I'm cracking myself up. Mm-hmm. The, uh, so you would do that, and you you shot you'd shoplift. Yeah, I might shoplift, or like I would hold down a job for as long as possible before I like nodded off at the register, or um you know got fired from the restaurant, and then I've been fired forty three times. In my life, you know, I was. It's interesting. Forty three times. <laughs> yes, I don't think I've. I've been sort of fired once. Forty three times, and I didn't even know it was an extraordinary thing. It, that's a lot of jobs to have. It was a lot of jobs to have. Most and people I was, had forty three jobs. I was hosting a show in Boston. I used to host this uh, burlesque show called The Slut Cracker, uh-huh. and I, I, we gave away presents every night. Right. And so I look at the audience, and I was like, "Okay, raise your hand if you've ever been fired." And so I was going to give the present to the person who'd been fired the most. And I thought the next logical jump would be five times. Like, yeah. keep your hand up if you've been fired five times. And every hand went down but one. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was going to stop around 20, you, 25. You just assumed, you assumed like 20 was the average. I thought that at least there'd be one or two people who fired you, 20 um, times. What would get you fired from a job other than maybe stealing from uh, your employer? Stealing from my employer, certainly. Yeah. That was part of it. Um I sass mouth. I'm a, you know. Really? Yeah. I have it's a, probably a side of you that I don't know. I mean, um, I don't know you very well at all. But. Well, you know, the restaurant industry is such like a loveless, thankless industry. It's like they're paying you $2.63 right. an hour to keep no, the place I've, open. I've worked in the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, hospitality is a, and then, you know, once, and then you have a manager who is like a whip cracker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at some point, if it comes to that, and, and you know, there there are so many, like, boundary issues in restaurants, too. It's like, in one respect, it's supposed to be a professional environment. In another, it's just a blatantly social environment. When those two things mix, you know. I remember having a restaurant manager yell at me once or scold me, and it was a thing. I don't remember the specifics. All I remember was me pointing out to him, like, 
you know, is this something I'm doing all the time, or did I just make a mistake right here? Because mm-hmm. you're yelling at me as if this is a constant, and it isn't. And then I remember him being like, Ugh. well, that's, that's the thing. Why, is that's that, why I didn't last. They don't long. necessarily have the intellectual have to yeah. to like to make a lot of uh, probing. Yeah. To to take a probing inquiry. It was just like, oh, I can I can yell at this guy now. Yeah. Um, because I noticed on your website you actually. <laughs> You say that you burned a bridge to a lot of restaurants, and there's actually, if you click on burning bridges, you go to restaurants. Is there those restaurants you were fired at? Uh, sure. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I haven't. You haven't looked at your own website? I haven't. No, in a very long time. So you don't remember that kind of specific? I, I kind of remember Noah, like, plugging. Noah. Oh, Noah made your website? He, like, pieced it together. Okay. He slapped it together for me. He might want to update, like, wh- where you live. Where I've been stuff. fired for. <laughs> currently living in Boston. Does it say I live in Boston? Yeah, and also maybe lose the line where you say you're a brain to be reckoned with. I never said that. See, that's like, that's was that a but was that a quote yeah, from press I, or was that something I said about it's myself? In your own bio on your own website. I I well first of all I've never written my own bio. Okay. I've always had someone else write my well, bio. You should why why can't I say that I'm a brain to be reckoned with? It sounds a little uh what is, is it like? Is it a little? Is it no, ch- is it challenging, Todd? It's not. No, it's no, it's not. <laughs> or is it arrogant? It's, it's, it's arrogant, too cocky. Yeah, it's cocky, yeah, yeah. Well, it's fine. That's fine. It's like walking around telling how smart you are. Well, no. Who said? Who says? Show that? don't tell is what I'm saying. Well, okay. You're have right. me look at this guy. And go, man, this dude's a. This guy brain. has a brain to be reckoned with. <laughs> this, this, well, then, can I put it in quotes and then say that you said it? <laughs> okay. P- please. Say, if that'll, if that'll, please. If that'll, whatever it takes. I'm saying, please. You got me soap. You can. Um, yeah. I, if I get you, lick me all over. <laughs> the least you can do you is can endorse my intelligence. You can use my name. No, you do seem. Please smart. co-sign my brains. Um. <laughs> now, I watched your last comic standing set. That mm-hmm. was good. Why didn't you win the whole thing? Uh, that was a powerful set. Are we really doing that? Uh, the, uh, was it? What am I really doing? Well, what? no, no, no. It's I. I don't think I ever wanted to get too too far in that competition. You didn't want to be sort of branded with that. Uh, the the contract is was very um, binding. But you didn't want to be like every time someone mentioned your name, you were like, "Oh, he's this last guy." Why oh, didn't no, you want to? I would have loved that? that. I mean, any exposure at that point, like yeah. I, any exposure at all to this day, I any exposure is good for me. It's not like I'm a household name, but um. You know, I think part of it is also like to to what extent is that actually my brand? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever bothered to watch me, but I just told you I watched your clip. And I've <laughs> right? No, no, but that and I've clip. done shows with you. But yet. I mean, yeah, we've yeah, done shows together. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the I I work blue, and I I like working blue, and part and it's actually oh, kind of so important you're afraid to like me. if you're like perceived as like oh he's I can take I can bring my son to this my eight year old to this. Right. And, and then you're dirty, and then people are like, well, well you didn't say you are going to be dirty. I saw you on TV so much. Even if it's not born out of fear, it's just, it's incongruous. Like, that. My what I do is not an NBC family brand. Right. It's just not real. That's not uh, a proper fit. But I thought you came across, like, sometimes they, you know, they burn people on that show, they make them look bad, or they... I, since or, since Paige and Wanda have been producing it, they've been actually... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they don't, they haven't done that to anyone. It was like a substantial length set, yeah. at least from the clip. Yeah. And then all the judges said good things. Yeah, they were very kind to me. I loved it. I loved the process. And it was like comedy summer camp. And, you know, Roseanne was beautiful and Norm was fun and the whole process. And I mean, but they, some either. people, no, I'm not scared. But um, because I have a brain to be reckoned with. <laughs> uh, no, uh, if some people did get killed, but they just didn't show it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there, maybe in the past, I've seen them kind of burn some people. The original reality TV format is that it's yeah. like they they have to create drama, they but they didn't go, do that. Well, that's why I always thought it was weird. I mean, I always thought it was, you had to be careful 
before you did that because like they're making a TV show. They're not there to make you look good. Mm-mm. So if you bomb and that makes the show, hey, and this guy bombed, yeah, then they're they don't care. I think Kronberg is the only person. Kronberg, got... he's actually who I'm thinking of. They kind of yeah. burned him. I mean, they added like a clock, mm-hmm. on, like to show how long he paused. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, that that's like writing. That's like talking over him. And right, and then Roseanne was like, "Go, uh, yeah, do you yeah. curse on this?" No, you yeah, don't. you can. Okay, say. but I mean, Roseanne was like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah. But I think that ultimately served Ben. You think so? Absolutely. I mean, the visibility that he got out of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think it's was... also a thing where people are not like, "Oh, that's the guy that Roseanne didn't like." I don't think. Yeah, it, it probably looks well, good. Well, shucks, because Ben has because yeah. Ben wakes up every day wanting right. to be Roseanne's darling. Right. Right. I bet they made up. <laughs> well, that, there's something funny in that too. I could give you an exclusive. Roseanne and I. Roseanne had blocked me on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff. <laughs> this is the stuff I'm looking for. <laughs> She blocked you? Why? Way, way, way a long time ago when Quivenjane Wallace was at the Oscars, uh-huh. The Onion had posted something. Oh, like, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, say what you will about yeah, Quivenjane. Yeah, 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 I love yeah, you, yeah, but yeah, she's yeah, a real yeah. C word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, a whole bunch of people, they attacked The Onion. Right. And I was like, it's a satire online publication right. for adults. Yeah. Like, I can't believe anyone has their panties in a twist about this. And Roseanne was one of the people who was upset about it. And I wrote Roseanne very directly. And I was like, what? Come on. Wait, like, you wrote to her because she said something about yeah, it? Yeah, she was like, it is wrong that you would, you know, attack an 11-year-old. I'm like, I don't think they're attacking yeah. an 11-year-old. I don't think that's how this works. And you of all people. Right. Can't can't yeah. be too upset about offending people. Right. And she was like, don't you mansplain shit to me? <laughs> and she was so and she like, I think she might have even called me a fag was like, really? go back. We should bomb Iran fag. And then she like oh. shut me out. And I was like, no, no. Wow. Um, but no, my tone itself at the time, I was way too young a comic to have been to speak like as sort of haughtily as I was with her. And um so then the sh- I go and I shoot the show and Roseanne is like extremely nice to me. Well, I'm sure she forgot that you're. The- she she blocks fifty people a day. I, I think I've heard she blocks a lot. Of people. Yeah, she's she's very active on Twitter, and if someone says something crazy or stupid or too arrogant or too what have you, she just blocks them. And- she follows me. I haven't checked to see if she's blocked me, but I don't think she'd ever. I, <laughs> I don't think she has any cause to. Yeah. No. Um, but then after I shot the show, I had to like get in touch with the producers and be like, "Will you please reach out to Roseanne and tell her to unblock me so I can thank her on Twitter." Uh, because she was so nice to me, you yeah. know what I mean. I, the least I could do is be like, you? "Oh yeah, really? we like yeah, we 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 sorted it out." And I apologized like from the bottom of my heart. I apologized. Did she apologize for calling you a, a fag? <laughs> like, uh, honestly, I when like I when I reread how I street. talked to her, I would have blocked me too. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember that onion joke, and I. I, I, as much as I get the joke, I was sort of like, well, I could sort of see like there's an actual little girl sort of dragged into it. I've heard rumors in Hollywood that she's not the nicest oh, little kid on. either. I'm serious. She's a little kid. Oh, they, but I mean, imagine that kind of entitlement and that kind of privilege that, that young, it could. I think there are kids who are probably snotty, but, mm-hmm. but all right, we'll move on from, mm-hmm. the, yeah. from the onion joke because, uh. <laughs> I feel like I'll have to block you. Okay. Okay. I'll have to block you on Twitter. So, what are some of the reasons you so stealing from the restaurants? Mm-hmm. What were, were you a waiter? Yep. And bartender. See, I, th- I feel like you'd be a good waiter and bartender. I was great. I'm a I'm a super bartender. Yeah, like if comedy ever falls apart. Yeah. Well, no, and like I I I feel like a bit of a doctor. I know how to get someone drunk enough so that they don't screw up their life and that they get home safe. But, you know, but also pushing the boundary of, of what is fun for people. 
Mm -hmm. Did you overserve people? Sure, but like, <laughs> but I, but I held on to them with my energy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't let them. Um, I, I didn't take them to toxicity. I took them to oblivion. You took them to they shouldn't be driving. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put some. I once, oh my God, there are stories. Let's hear all of them. There was this one time I got this guy. He came in with this transvestite hooker uh -huh. who stole his wallet uh -huh. <laughs> and left him blitzed at my bar. And um, I ended up like, I was like, I'm not letting you drive home. And so I took his keys and I like we walked something like 10 blocks to his car. I drove him home to the Jetsons Tower in South Beach and we like made out in the elevator and like made out in the car. Like I was just making out with this like kind of like sexy silver daddy, foxy silver uh -huh. daddy. And then uh, I I he couldn't use he couldn't operate his keys. So I unlocked his door, walked into his uh, apartment and I thought that maybe something more would happen. And there was his wife sitting on the couch. And there was his daughter's report card on the kitchen oh my counter. God. <laughs> it was, yeah. But I mean, that's what I mean. I took care of my people. Well, that is uh, that is personal, sir. That's mm -hmm. That doesn't happen at Applebee's. No. <laughs> it probably does happen at Applebee's. So 43 jobs you were for. That's, it's amazing that you know the count. Well, sure. I mean, I, I, I took a count. <laughs> It wasn't like I it's was probably kind of fun to say now that you're doing fine as a comedian. Uh huh. For those of you who've been fired 40 or more times before the age of 23, <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. Now, you only started stand up in 2007? Yeah. That's like late 2007. It's nine years ago. Nine mm -hmm. years ago. Damn. Yeah. That's not very long. It's not very long, but I mean, it's I... long enough to be pretty good, though. And, and like, and I used to MC for rock bands, and I studied theater. Where'd you MC for rock bands? Um, like the uh, the Dresden Dolls and Amanda Palmer, and uh, all. The, I toured with them for a bit. And how I, was that? Um, it was fun. They, it was fun. I mean, because I've been asked to do that MCing band mm -hmm. stuff. I almost said shit. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of wow. like, well, it would always be like, hey, you'll go on between bands. Like, why would I do? So when it's bad, I'm gonna go on. When people are not a, don't want to listen. <laughs> It's like, here's the time where you get to talk as an audience, and we're going to have a, a guy who need, you need to listen to yeah. while someone tunes a guitar behind you. But I don't think, I mean... Maybe, I, it's different, maybe you're more in, integrated into the show. And for me, it was it's probably it was more of an extension of bartending. Like, it was the same thing. It was like keeping a group of people who were revelers uh -huh. in that sort of up mood it wasn't stand-up for me back right. then it, it was, was like just, audience warm-up yeah it was like it was just keeping everyone rowdy and like a hype man is that what yeah you call a hype it? man sure i I, th I think that's a fine way to look at it and then later on uh after i got laid off from harvard that's when i started to look at stand-up why did you get laid off uh so this is it's a long sad story but my boss at the time her dad uh got stage four brain cancer oh so she went back to the school of public health um, I went back with her out of loyalty and love because, you know, she was going through a lot. Yeah. And uh, I got hired by this one department. That lady ended up like getting into like a pissing contest over money. And so she canceled her <laughs> her entire division and I was left without a job. So then the school of public health gave me like a mercy job. And then George W. Bush cut public health funding significantly across NIH and, and CDC. Uh -huh. And then our department saw budget cuts, and my job was like the first thing that was rendered redundant. Like there was no reason to have me there. Did you go to Harvard? Uh, no. No, no, no. I went to UMass Amherst. Is that where you met Eugene Merman? No, I went to high school with Eugene. Did you really? Yeah. I've known you Eugene see, I since no I was. Idea. Yeah, wow. I've known Eugene since I was 14. What was he like? He must have been a little. 
a little troublemaker in high school. <laughs> was he cheated troublemaker? I, I guess no, no, I no. don't mean like a. Uh, I don't mean like beating people up kind of troublemaker. He very I like mystery mischief. Almost identical temperament. Really? I like I became uh like crazier druggier person after high school. Eugene is kind of the same. He's the same person. Yeah. Not to say that he hasn't evolved and grown. No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you're, you, I know what you're and saying. And we did skits together in high school. Really? Yeah. And did you keep in touch the whole time? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I a couple of times I was on acid when I was at UMass, and uh -huh. he was at Hampshire, and I randomly ended up in his dorm room, like completely randomly, like uh -huh. was walking in the woods, and now I'm in a dorm room. Oh, it happens to be Eugene's. Yeah, I feel like there's some steps you're leaving out of that story. No, 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 no. How do you end up, like, magically... Like, walking, and then there's, like, so I... You get, you, you're walking around, you're on acid. Mm -hmm. And then someone's you like, come have a beer. wander into a dorm building and then wander into <laughs> someone's room. And uh, it happens to be someone you went to high school They had these with. like cabin, like dorm rooms at Hampshire. It was like, it was, uh -huh. it wasn't like your standard like high rise dorm situation. But there must have been an invite at some point. Yeah, some dude I'm sure just like brought me into the room. I don't think it was Eugene though. And then I got there and it was Eugene. That happened twice. Really? Yes. That's like... Magic. That's like lightning strike. He's striking twice. <laughs> That's a great analogy, man. Yeah, lightning it is. Striking twice. It's good. When's um? So, how do you, do you make most of your money touring now, or do you tour? Uh, I don't tour. How do you make money? There isn't a lot of call for me touring. Um, you know, I still uh, keep random gigs. Like I, I teach at MIT. I teach stand up at MIT. And holy, really? Yeah. At MIT. At MIT. There's a. What, like extension course or something? Uh, there's a winter course, and I go there, and I teach it for six weeks, and I take the train back and forth. and um, Wait, every day? Uh, well, every week. So you go there for a week, come home, yeah. go there? For... Yeah. Like, I go there for a couple of days, I come back here, I go there for a couple of days, I Who's come back Who's taking here. that class? Um, MIT students, grad students and undergrads. So they're smart enough go to MIT but not smart enough to know that you shouldn't take a stand-up course why well, I, I don't I disagree with that I think that like it's so <laughs> I had to get that out there that was too good <laughs> and, and everyone says that but it's that a, was too good at some level don't you it just makes sense to like hold someone's hand a little bit to say you know it's a process of writing you have to get your first five minutes down trim the fat and don't do hacky shit and that's a nice thing to give to someone before they enter like the open mic scene and before they enter the open mic circuit that's a nice leg up yeah don't you think? No, I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm not insulting you. I know, and but, I, but sort of. I've been waiting. I will end for... up being <laughs> By the time I'm done, I will be insulting you. No, they, I just think that comedy is a, uh, is a. You want to do comedy? Go do comedy. That's my for comedy sure. course. For you know, sure. Like you I feel like you should dive in and figure it out. It's not like becoming a dermatologist or something. Which I am as well. I know you are. <laughs> but that I took a lot of classes before I became. But I feel like I feel. I guess what I would worry about, because some people teach comedy class, and not you being an, you are an exception. To I'm listening. Is that uh, some of them are like a little dubious, where you're like, well, if you knew about comedy, you wouldn't really necessarily want to learn anything from this person. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Uh huh. Because. Right, because they're not people. They don't work, or they don't. Right. They they don't. They've never done a club. They don't know about well some of booked. them are flat out not even comedians as far as i know which right is unbelievably ballsy to i i agree but then there's others who are you just like i don't know but then there are there are definitely examples of people who i know who are funny who teach class so yeah and and i, I think that one could on ostensibly one. like get something like if you were to teach i think that kids would get something different oh, from i would you rake than it in if i had a comedy course you'd be amazing 
No, I don't mean I'd be amazing. I'd be. You just I built. Would have like a thousand students. <laughs> yeah, no, I limit the number of students in my class. A lot of it is like getting people out of their own skin and getting them to sort of look at their own lives in a particular way, letting them know that comedy is in fact subjective, and you kind of stroke their hair and you take that nervousness away from them. I don't think it's a bad thing to I th- take I that think, away. I think what. No, I'm not saying they're going to be irreparably, irreparably damaged by your course, but I'm saying it like. Because I've talked to people who were taking these classes, and they're like, oh, my teacher said never do this. And I was like, why can't? Why do you never have to do that? Uh-huh. Just like, I can't think of a reason. I discourage them from poo humor. I discourage them from, from shit jokes, straight yeah. up shit jokes. Yeah. That I do. I would, you, would you say that's a, a, a bad thing? Um, <laughs> or like, no, no, thing. man, go for the shit joke. Well, I Get just up feel there like, and tell I lots feel, of shit and rape jokes. <laughs> but I feel like the... Uh, the challenge of comedy is like, like I'm always surprised. I always love it when a comic makes me laugh with something that I either can't defend or would never think you can make a joke about. Mm-hmm. Or, and I'm not, I'm not shocking, but even like there's someone out there who is making good shit jokes. Like their the first concept. day. What's that? Like their first day. Like it's their first mic. They go up and they want to do a bunch of like, listen to me talk about shit jokes. But no one, no one's good on their first mic except for like me. There's been very few people <laughs> Who are out of the gate really funny. I'm one of the few people who's just out of the gate. But no, I mean, everyone's kind of bad the first three years. Right, but you could make them like bad plus. I mean, I think, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, if you maybe don't do, I don't, God, I'm all over the place here. I'm going to say, if you got a good shit joke, do it. If you got a good joke joke about anything. Uh Uh-huh. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree. Because you're do. clearly you weren't offended by that onion thing. So I mean, there's a lot no, 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 no. I love you know shock humor. I think yeah. it's, I think, but you know, you can when you can hear a bit and be like, you know what, it would work. Like you want to massage it in a certain way. You want to encourage that person to massage it. In I a guess what I'm way. saying is, I wouldn't rule out a topic. I wouldn't say don't do jokes about this topic, because you know people say, oh, you're doing a flying joke, you're a hack. It's like, well, there's a million angles that flying still hasn't been hit. Uh huh. I don't. That's a poorly phrased sentence, but you know what I meant. Yeah. And uh, I I don't disagree with you. I I need you to resign from this class. Yeah, I know. I know, but it's good money. Is it? <laughs> no, I would think I would feel if someone told me they were taking your class, I'd be like, all right, that's all right. Yeah, it's, I and you know, it's not like it's not an absolute rule. In fact, I usually tell the kids like, and if you don't believe me, go out and try it. So go out and tell your terrible shit joke. <laughs> so if these people are, have they not done any open mics? They're more so, moreover, they're MIT students. Like, yeah. they have spent their entire lives doing problem sets and, and you know, completely embroiled in academia yeah. so that they can get into this top-tier school that isn't a Silver Spoon school, that isn't a legacy school. It's a, a true meritocracy oh, really? based on intellectual horsepower. MIT. It's not Harvard. It's MIT. This is... Oh, I if didn't you, I just If you can't crank of... math, you're not getting into MIT. Okay, so you're not getting in because you're your father's... Not at all. ...an actor. Nope. Um, wow. Yeah. So I want to know. So they. So how, a lot of them how, aren't how long necessarily is socially developed. Yep. Six weeks. Mm-hmm. So they come in. What do you do the first day? Uh, I have them. Uh, wow, this is intense. But I, is I have. This all right, them. we can change. I'm the totally subject. no, 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 no. I right. love you. Um, I have them. I have everyone send me a YouTube clip that they think is funny that isn't stand up. And we watch and we watch a bunch of it, and then we talk about like bare bones. What makes that funny for you? See, that's interesting. I'm right? gonna give you that one. And then. Uh, 
so that's the very first class. And in addition to one, getting some ideas and words about of what we consider funny, we also accept that we might not agree on what's funny. So the most important thing is that you have to commit to what you think is funny. And I have to commit to what I think is funny. And we'll go from there. Then the second class, we do the same thing, but with stand-up. And people have brought your clips. Seriously? Before. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, it, you're, it's definitely a scam. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, well, absolutely. That's that's absolutely. Like to hear that. So, you know, then the students are like, well, this is stand-up that I like. And it's like, okay, so how does that... Do you go like, oh, I know him? I, a little bit. Do I do. Na- I name drop yeah, a name little. Drop. Yeah, yeah no, I had a girl who was, who was like the sun rose and set on Marina Franklin. Uh-huh. And I sent her email to Marita and was like, if you want to send her a little love note just to say it would kill her, you know? It would kill her, but then you then you're engaging with someone who's got this crazy No, who like thinks you're great. A, throwing a stalker at someone. <sighs> don't ever do that with a name. I saying. wouldn't. Don't worry, Todd. You're safe. So okay, so then <laughs> I know I, you're not friendly. <laughs> no, I am actually I am friendly. I know you are. I'm very friendly. I just I got my own style of friendliness. Mm-hmm. It's got an edge to it. Mm-hmm. People can't. All right, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, so it's six week course. How many hours a day? Uh, it's a. I get there at six, and six to seven is optional. Then seven to ten is the course. What do you mean six to seven is optional? Like I'm there from six to seven. If anybody has a bit that they want to come in and iron out, or if they want to talk, or if they yeah. Do you? I, I see. I always want also also would wonder that people would steal from each other. And They're welcome to. It's a, it, there's a workshoppy aspect to it. You're welcome to? Yeah, as in like we're, you know, if somebody has a bit and it's like, I bet you this tag might work more interestingly. Oh, that's not stealing. That's helping someone. Right, that's, that's helping that's, someone. That's giving someone a tag. Right, right. But, you know. How many students do you have? Uh, this year I had 15. That was 15. a huge class, yeah. Are, well, I, I guess I can't ask you to trash any of your students, but I feel like MIT would attract some people who would be like, all right, you can... Um, Build a nuclear reactor in your dorm, but I feel like you don't have a. If a Joe walked in and sat down next to you while you were building a nuclear reactor, you wouldn't know what it was. That some of them you have to coax comedy out of them harder than others. Some of them come in there and like you can tell that they've been sardonic little shits their entire lives yeah. and they're going to be amazing at it. And some of them come in there and you're like, ooh, like how are we going to get something out of you? And it's yeah. So what do you say to someone who like? It's got to become some people are like. You're never going to make it. You're not meant to be calm. Do you just ride it out? Until- the, no, the fourth class, I grilled them and I talked to them like very personally about their lives in front of the rest of the class. It's actually a very uncomfortable class. Really? Yeah. See, right when I'm done talking about this, you bring up something else I want to ask about. Uh-huh. So you talk to them personally about- <laughs> Yeah, like what? Like who are you? Where did you come from? Who, who, do you, who are you going to represent on stage? What is this going to be? And then- then they open up and I find out things about their lives. And the first rule that I always lay out in the class is that whatever happens here, it's like the Vegas, right? What, what happens in suck class, it's yeah. stand-up comedy club class. <laughs> what happens in suck class stays in suck class. And, uh, and then the fourth class, people end up revealing some very, very personal things. See, I think that's weird. Why? Well, because I'm kind of a private person. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I would go into a class, especially a comedy class, mm-hmm. and start... You know, confessing to all the murders I've committed. And so now... (laughs) Whoops, that slipped out. But then that's also where it gets neat, too, because I I know that the classes, you know, I'm not there to turn people into professional stand-up comedians. Part of the purpose is also just getting them to open up and forge relationships that are more than their academic relationships. And to this day, all seven years that I've taught this class... Seven years. Yep. These kids have, like, remained close friends. 
So you've been doing, you've been teaching two years in, you started teaching. And so now that was a whole other thing. The, this, the gig came as I was about to be evicted uh -huh. and I was working in Boston and I had no money and this, here comes money right. here. And a kid who was a, like a standup, he was an open micer in Boston. He was like, I'm recommending you for this job. So I literally went to every club owner in Boston and every comic I respected and I sat at their feet and I was like, do I have your permission and blessing to teach this class, even oh. though I'm not experienced enough? Because it's the difference between me having an apartment and not having an right. apartment. Well, you're lucky I didn't know you back then. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I went would, to like, you, you know, Rick be... Jenkins, Eric Judge, Mike Kaplan. Like these were all people I really respected. Kaplan went to MIT. No, he didn't. I believe he did. No. I think Mike Kaplan did go to MIT. No, he didn't. Just because he has a beautiful mind. Just because he... No, he told me he did. Kaplan went to MIT? He told me he did. He's lying. He didn't go to MIT, did he? You want to text him right now? Yeah, I could. I could totally but text him. <laughs> can you text him while we keep the flow of this going? Yeah, no. I no, can't he definitely told me not. he went to My MIT. brain isn't that to be reckoned with. He definitely with. told me he went to MIT. <laughs> That's possible. He certainly has the kind of um, racy brain... Yeah, he certainly, you talk to him for five minutes, you go, he probably went to MIT. <laughs> but I like I like making fun of Kaplan, yeah. especially when he does corny, corny wordplay tweets. Do you hate that? Well, I mean, I think they're intentionally, he knows they're being, I hope he does. Of course he does. They're yeah. sort of willfully. <laughs> Shitty. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I double down on that to make sure he knows. <laughs> but, you know, I always threaten to unfollow him, stuff like that. Really. <laughs> Mature, mature. You give a lot of people an incredible amount of shit. I have to admit, like, especially, yeah. Oh, come on, you know that. Well, you there's a couple. It's like, breasts. I mean, there's Brendan Walsh. Uh huh. Today, John Daly got it a bunch, but I, I don't just <laughs> Mark Norman who <laughs> deserves every second of it. <laughs> but I mean, it's only people who enjoy it. I mean, yeah, I'm not like actually. No, you're any, not. I mean, yeah. You're yeah. not cruel. Yeah, you that's are cruel, that's. Though, you are <laughs> We haven't even talked about Iran yet. Yeah? What do you want to talk about that? Do you, about what can I talk about? about when Iran? did you move? From uh, I was three when we moved to America. Oh. But I was an anchor baby. They they literally, uh, they my mother gave birth to me in England so everyone could get visas to get out of Iran, pre-revolution. Oh, wow. And then three years later, the revolution reached a fever pitch, and they were like, now's the time to get out. And because uh, my mother was on a list to be executed oh. for being a feminist. Oh. And, uh, and so... They knew my. They had a friend in the military who had originally introduced my parents, and told them, "Eh, if you can have one more kid outside of Iranian borders, so that we you can get out should things actually escalate further, because they look like they're escalating further." And this was back in '75. Uh -huh. The revolution really didn't get crazy until '79, but they knew, <laughs> they knew back then. So uh, they had me there, and then when uh, I was three, the family decided, they were deciding between England and America. My mother's family was in America, so we came to America, uh, to Massachusetts, to Winchester, Mass. And then when both of my brothers got into college, we went back to Iran in 1985, which was the height of the Iran-Iraq War. And that was terrible timing. How, how long did you stay there? Uh, a year and a half, just over a year and a half. And it was uh, Saddam Hussein pirated Iranian radio, said that he was going to bomb our city every day at six in the morning as an alarm clock for the children. And uh, he bombed schools and hospitals every day at six in the morning. Oh. Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time to be there. I saw an electrical power plant explode. I saw, you know, I saw a lot of things. I saw a lot of things that a nine year old probably shouldn't see. That's horrible. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, it was actually horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it also, <laughs> it takes the edge off of like, are you intimidated by this one right, right, person? Right. No. Yeah, a, no, not so much. This crowd's not so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're eating. You know you know what they are? They're literate in eating. Guy, there's some people eating while they're, <laughs> can you handle that? Yeah. Yeah, I can handle that. Why don't you, um, why don't you tour more? Or uh, do you, that would I would love to tour more. Where have you gone? Um, D.C., San Francisco, New York, Boston, right? That's it? Yeah. Those are the cities I play. The whole country out there. But they, they, no one's asking me. No one's inviting me, Todd. But you're, did any- and I, And, you know, and depending on the room, you know, I get up there and sometimes I'm, you know, the, there are some audiences for whom it's like, oh, my God, I just got a birthday present. This kid is so weird and gross and fun. Yeah. And then some people, it's just like, you know, it's a bunch of straight dudes who, you know, can't wait for Monday Night Football. And... Right. I am, I have like ruined their night because their whole character, their whole identity is sort of based around this uh, false. Right. That they're not gay. That they're not gay and that macho is valuable and that, you know, that their masculine energy is worth a damn. I feel like there's, well, there's plenty of cities where you could not face that. Sure. I'd love to work there. <laughs> well, that would be a, get a map out. Yeah. And then I have to call them and say, will you, will you have Do you me? have, um. Management? Yes. I moved to New York for management. Uh-huh. Uh, Olivia Wingate, Eugene's yeah, yeah, yeah. manager, signed me and was like, okay, well, you have to move to New York. So we packed up all of our stuff. We liquidated our life. Yeah. And we came to New York. And then she left the business. But didn't, didn't you move on to a different manager? Uh, I, I moved. I shifted to Olivia's assistant. And that wasn't a great fit. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad I didn't say her name out loud. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, it just didn't. But work you it. know, it's it's it, 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 like a weird Muslim arranged marriage or something. It's like the man dies, so now you're in. Now you have to marry the brother. It just doesn't make sense. So you don't have anyone now. <laughs> I don't have anyone. Right? You have a agent? Uh, nope. No. Yeah, I find that weird because, not to say anything nice to you, but I mean, mm. I watched that clip. Oh, this guy's kind of a powerful. He's a power act. Yeah, I could do it. I do it you're all the to time. Say thank you. Not agree with. Thank me. you. No, I mean, I, I know that I do this thing, but I don't know. No, but I know. feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be sort of a sort of. I have to say that that the whole coming to New York, having management, losing management, it really did make me gun shy. And it yeah, the, shit like that happens. So. I know, but the, it just became more important for me to establish myself within the community than it did. Have you done any TV? Uh, other than Last Comic Standing, I did some stuff for IFC. I did some stuff for MTV. What about like a half hour special? I could. I've I've considered it, but I don't take it that seriously. And I'll tell you something. Uh, um, I don't even know what that means. What you just said. What the? What do you mean? I've considered it. And I've I... considered it. It's it's like it's a little bit of like a time capsuliness. It's like what do I, what do I want to preserve? What do I love so much that I want to preserve it? I'm a little, um, I'm a little gun shy about that. But I mean, it's just what you were doing at the time, sure. I mean, which I I know that goes along with your uh, your time capsule narrative. But uh, but what, so you're afraid of doing something and have it look dated five years from now? I don't know. I I don't know what it is. It's just I don't. I it doesn't feel like. It, right now, I don't feel like. Oh my God! I want to commit this thing, this half hour, um, to perpetuity. Till when I think about the half hours that mean so much to me and have always meant so much to me. Uh, like yours. Oh, there you go. Right? That's, no, but... Uh, I didn't have to feed that to you. Like from the 90s, like Janine's. My yeah. God, I watched Janine's a hundred times when oh. I was growing up. Um, it 
they just mean, really, really mean something to me. And when I look at a lot of the comedy that's coming out right now, I'm, I, I'm like, why are you preserving this? Like, why, why are we considered? Yeah. The, why is this something that should be considered part of your great legacy? But I think that I feel just like do you, it for the money. Just shut no, up and do it for do the it, money. Do it for the, you know, if you you do it and you don't like that material anymore. Don't do that material anymore. Mm-hmm. You just you you have twenty two minutes of stuff you like. I sure, assume. sure. So why not put it out there? Okay. No, I'm just asking. No, no, you no. Can, you can a, disagree with perfect, me. Perfect. No, it's a perfectly valid point. It's a perfectly valid point. I think the other thing is that who like who am I selling it to? To uh, Comedy, Comedy Central, Central does half to hours like every year. They, they do. I don't know that. Like I don't. I'm a, I'm a little bit like a. This is weird. It could be because you know I'm an abandoned child. Oh, shit. Right, it could be that, but it's like I need to be wooed a little bit. Yeah, you know. And Olivia had me in the room with them, and and it, we were probably closer than before. But then that you know, once there was no management, I just stopped. What about, what about Montreal? Have you done that? Nope. J- Jeff Singer doesn't like me. No. Are you kidding me? No. Really? Yeah. Is he not? He's not like the full on gatekeeper. Yeah, he is. Of new faces. Yeah. I would. I don't get. All right. I, don't I get know. That. I know. But it, again, this is. Like I, I, just the fact that I moved to New York, a number one thing I care about is being relevant in New York City, and I think that that's something I have to achieve for myself. Yeah, well, I got bad news for you. No, ah! <laughs> you, you knew I was going to say that. Yeah, I know because it's again, I'm terrifying. I have, I am very predictable. Once you figure out the pattern, <laughs> leave me an opening, and I will just just make you collapse with. I don't know what I'm saying. Just the pain. No, it's the pain, Todd. And I, and I meant I talked about this with Noah before I left the house. I was like, Todd Barry, his superpower is like it's in catching you, like when you don't think you're stupid, <laughs> like just when you don't think you're stupid. Todd Barry will be like, well, you "You're an any, idiot." You haven't said anything stupid. Oh, thanks. Except for well, it was that any number of things. Sorry, I'm like, looking at a list of things I've, I've, I've said that are lists. stupid. I'm, I need to flip it over because <laughs> I filled up this entire page. Um, should we talk about your? I don't know if I want to talk about your ayahuasca thing. We already talked about raids. Yeah, yeah. Um, tiny apartment. Yeah, burlesque. Burlesque. Oh yeah, you do burlesque shows. Yeah, I like. I. I it's all about sex positivity. I love naked people. I've done a handful of burlesque. Burlesque. I kind of. I like them. You they're know great. I, you know what I like about it? It's like each bit is like four minutes. Isn't that wonderful? And they're done. You're like, oh. And I, it's a wrap. Yeah, just boom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like. I like short shows. <laughs> short shows, short movies. Yeah, I I agree completely. And also, like, what's a better audience than a bunch of people who are there to drink, have fun, and see naked girls? Like yeah. that. That's an actual like it's a lively spirit. There's a vitality yeah. inherent to an audience that's there to be entertained in that way. Versus like an audience that might sit there with their arms crossed being like, well, is this person going to say something? Fun? I like Larry the Cable Guy. You know what I mean? That's That doesn't happen at burlesque shows. At burlesque shows, it's like, oh, I'm about to see like a 300-pound girl in a bikini. Yeah. Shake it. There's like an inherent fun in that person. All right. You're overstating it. But they, uh, <laughs> they're not that good. But they, uh, I mean, there's idiots in those audiences too. Not too many. Do you know what's? Do you know what I've found? I found hyper liberal idiots in those audiences, like people who are like, "Leave him alone." Like if you if you even do crowd work with someone, it's like that person has sensitivities, yeah. and that person might not yeah. want this. I've run into that. There before. are people that don't understand. There's a different set of rules when you're in a comedy show. Yeah, and you can get away. You can get away with a lot of things that you that wouldn't look good if they were quoted. 
Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yes. Yes. I do know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, people, they, there's all sorts of things you talk about in comedy clubs. Race and black people talking about white people, white people talking about black people, mm-hmm. Asian people talking about black. And in, and generally, everyone is laughing of yeah. all the races uh, that are mentioned. Yes. So, oh, I th- it gets me so worked up, man. What, the political correctness thing? Well, I know I know that that's like a big umbrella and a generalization that's almost become hack well, it's in its become, own right. Uh, it's become like a, uh, there seems like there's a, there's like a, it is a big, that's my, yeah, there is a big, gener- people, there's not one definition of political correctness. People act like, oh, if these college kids are offended, they must have a reason. No, a lot of them don't have a reason. Mm-hmm. And logically, you could dissect how the joke wasn't offensive, mm-hmm. but they froze up because it had black in it or gay in it or, mm-hmm. and they just, huh. then there are people who are legitimately offended. Sure. But it's just because people just say like, you know, because it's like Trump and, and, Ben Carson's kind of ruined politically correct for people because now they just use it as an excuse to be racist. Oh, yeah, it's politically correct because uh, I can't. Can, uh, or Ann Coulter. I can't violate the Geneva Convention. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, that was a heavy political statement. I just made. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Was there anything to what I just said? No, there's there's total value to what you said. And the other thing is that, like, I think that there's like a wave of college kids now who are sensitive, but. Like, it might be a byproduct of sexual repression. Like, they, like, everyone is just so busy masturbating behind their glowing screens that if, if I think that if they banged more, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be like hawkeying one another for transgressions. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like, that the world has changed a little bit. And now that people don't have healthier outlets yeah. for like these, these are peak hormonal years where they are living unsupervised right. and totally free. They should be going nuts yeah. in healthy ways. But since they're not going nuts in healthy ways, they instead are trying to create this new normal of communication. That's like where the energy is going. And so it's overly intense. Uh, it's, it's like uh, screaming for peace. It's madness. They should be fucking. <laughs> Bottom line, they should be fucking. <laughs> a little bit. I, I I want them all to fuck as I well. So much. That's an interesting theory you have there. Mm. Do you do many colleges? Uh, yeah, I do enough colleges. I'd like to do more. Do a NACA convention. I would love to do a NACA convention, but then again, I don't like. I think there's just something. I'm afraid that it's just repellent to people to hear my degree of comfort talking about um, body parts and my own body parts and like Uh all of that. Like it's like at first blush, I think my humor appears blue, but it's also kind of subversive. And uh, what I might dare say, it's, it's even a little intellectual. Even though I'm I'm talking about pink parts, you know. Yeah. Even though I'm talking about, even though it's blue, it's it's colored with a certain. I hope pink. Yeah, pink. I hope it's colored pink. I just I just completely shot you down for no reason. <laughs> no, I just I made a joke because you said pink and then, yeah, then you no, said blue and then I brought right. pink back. I know you did. They, um, <laughs> are you having a good time on my show? I love you and okay. I love your show. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Yeah, there. Is yeah, there yeah. anything we could bring it home with? Um, yeah, you got like a power story? that? It... Uh, there are so many power stories. There are I, so I many. It's, it's, if someone asked me that question, I would not be able to think of a story. Uh, do you have a power story? That's my question. Um, 
God. So I, I immediately go to all the bad sex I've had, which is too. Yeah, we it's don't... just too many. Really? Oh yeah. I used to be such a good slut. I did. I used to, you know, the my twenties and early thirties, I was just I was everywhere, nude. Really? Yeah, and it's over. You know, that's sad. Because you're you're locked into a guy. I'm locked into a guy, and also like there, it's just it's it's bled out of me. Like those kinds of like that that hormonal madness it's faded yeah it's now it's it's balanced it's evened out it's not as it's not as urgent i miss those days <laughs> well <laughs> when you get home tell Noah you miss those days and then uh and he's not gonna give a shit boot him right <laughs> boot him and then run wild and bring people have, it'll free up so much space in your, <laughs> in your tiny little park yeah so your website is the mayor Mayron.com. Mayron.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm starting a weekly show. You are? In the city. Yeah. Let's, let's hear about it. Uh, it's really it's for experienced comics to have a place where they feel very comfortable going and doing newer material. Uh-huh. Um, that should be any place. That should ahead. be any place, but it's not. In so many ways, it's not. So are you going to advertise that they're doing newer material? Yeah. And like, you know, it's a place where I want uh, people to feel very comfortable. Very comfortable. Where's it going to be? Uh, it's at a bar called Pink's. Uh-huh. Uh, it's on First uh, Ave and Tenth Street, right off the L. Okay. And uh, what kind it's of place every is that? Monday night. It's a it's a like a car bar, uh-huh. like I guess for pink slips, like when people used uh, to, right? Yeah. So that's why it's called Pink's. It's not called Pink's because of should be called shouldn't it be called Pink Slips? Right, but it's just Pink's. That's kind of a leap. I know, and it makes s- you think that it's going to be a big old like like a gay dungeon. Yeah. Right, <laughs> or, or like a baby clothing store, or a baby clothing store. See how see how we're different. <laughs> um, so, how did you end up? How do you did you just go in there and go? Yeah. you guys want to do? A show? I was scouting all types of spaces, and then we walked into this place, and it was like hell yeah. What kind of space? Uh, it's like they have like a giant like hood of a car that's hanging on the wall, and but there's all this neon. The place where you're performing. It's just a side stage. It's just a little side stage with a mic, and yeah. you know there's sound system. It's good. So it's it's not going to be like a separate uh, separate room. Nope. Okay. Nope. It's very it's bar. It's casual. I don't think that they get a lot of traffic. Really. So it's good that we can go in there and take it over. What? Uh, when's that start? April twenty fifth. Damn. Yeah, and it's like, and it's a good place for me to go and feel loose and feel at home again. You know, I left the city. I left Boston, where I was, you know, so happy and established, and I want to feel that way in New York Is it again. A free show. Yeah. In fact, should I tell you the gimmick? Sure. You're going to hate it. I, I might. No, I'm looking but you in the eye. And I know <laughs> it's called Hush Money. <laughs> the show is called Hush Money, and the first 50 people to come get a dollar. Uh-huh. I'm giving them a dollar. <laughs> wow. You. Uh, this is a recipe for the worst crowd ever. <laughs> not necessarily. Uh, that is that is the ultimate next level, is shows where not only do the comics not get paid, but the audience does. Isn't that heaven? Oh, oh my god! Isn't that isn't that dirtier than dirty? In L.A., I'm, they'll, they'll be doing that within within hearing this, right? Isn't that fun? Um, so you're gonna eat fifty dollars, or the bar will eat fifty dollars. That why that might you, otherwise go to me. Why don't you go fifty? Why don't you give it divide it up for the comics? Um, really? Yeah. Really, like, as in we're gonna, I'm just going to hand people that, that they would otherwise get $7 or something. I would sooner give them that money out of my pocket than it's not like I'm going to get paid. It's not right. like any of us. It's not I like anyone like if participating you're, if you're in gonna, shows. If you're going to go out of pocket with actual cash, mm-hmm. um, give it to the comedians. 
I agree, but it's, I don't think I, it, it's not. I'll take your fucking money if I do that show. You vote. <laughs> you would. You would take a seven. You would take seven bucks. I. Yeah. You would rather take seven bucks than than just go and have a room that's full and ripe that you don't have to give a shit about and then leave. Well, I, not, I can I can do those shows and, for, and, and I know get for you crazy can. money. It's because you're not crazy here. money, but more than seven dollars. Certainly more than seven dollars. You're Todd Barry. Um, but I want this room to do well. Thanks. You have plenty of time to lose the hush money idea. Do you hate it? No, it's it's a funny idea. It's a weird. But idea. But my instinct is to go. Why aren't why? I'm always Hopef- wanting comedians get paid. Hopefully, even free shows. Hopefully, I'll be able to also pay the comedians. So the. The bar has agreed to give $50? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that money's just going to go back to the bartender, which is something I care about. No, that's nice. Right. And I won't, and comics don't get a dollar. Like, if you're just some comic yeah, who wants to come see the show, clear, right? F that's... that. No, 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 no. But I mean, like, when comics come and they populate a show and they're the entire audience, uh-huh. no. It's not for you. It's for humans, not for comics. So how, how are you going to keep comics? Around? I can tell. You're just gonna walk up. Some, I, not you. I not saw you, you an you open garbage. mic once. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Yeah, no. You can you can stay here, but you don't get money you and can, shut up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that I think you're gonna grow tired of the dollar idea. It's very possible. So get rid of that. Nip it in the bud. <laughs> Give me fifty dollars for being on my podcast. Okay. <laughs> I already gave you. I lick you me did. all over. <laughs> what else do you flats, want from me? Flats. I've given you three dollars. Thank you. Shea butter and cocoa butter. Yes, it's going to keep you soft. <laughs> the um, I'm curious more about the show now. Who 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 do you have booked for your first one? Um, so far it's uh, I I knew I wanted Michelle Wolf on the first one. She's funny. I live for her. Um, I co-host the show with this guy Ryan Donahue from Ryan Boston. Donahue. Do I know him? He's a good kid. He is an organized young man, and he uh, oh, that's, that's to, he did important. Montreal last year. Yeah, he's organized. He's good. He's a show up and handle things kind of guy, yeah. which is nice. Producing by yourself a weekly show is a little it's yeah too much it's work. a nightmare. Yeah. Um. So I'm doing it with him, and we're like. We're still solidifying like everything, finalizing it with the venue. But I, with Michelle is the only one I've confirmed for the first show. Do you want to do it? Not the first show. No. <laughs> you got to work the kinks out. Yeah, I know. I, I, I believe me. And do you know that I've thought about you throughout this entire process? Yeah. I, I literally have. I'm like, I need. I want to build a show where Todd Barry feels comfortable. This okay. is the truth. Well, sounds like that's not happening. <laughs> No, I, I might stop by. You are. It's like four blocks. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not four blocks from where you live. Yeah, it's nearby. It's nearby-ish. And, um, well, that's exciting. New yeah. show. And yeah. once a week? Once a week. Every Monday, 8 p.m. Oh, see, a Monday night show. That's good. See? It's a dumb, dumb night. It's a throwaway night. You never know. There might. There's probably going to be a night. There might be a night where I'll walk in and you go, Oh my God, Tom! Yeah, and I will literally shove whoever's go, on stage. Go, do you want to go on? Go, no, I don't want to. Go no, on. no, no, no. I, I just, just want, want a dollar. I want to see that car you were talking about, and to see the dollar. Oh, it's a really cute room. Okay. How yeah. many? How many? It probably fits like seventy, seventy-five people. What are you going to do to keep the people from yapping at the bar? These are all things you have to think about. I, have you? People don't yap over me. <laughs> well, some not everyone is, can bulldoze a crowd like you can. Well, no, 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 but I mean, like, at least I can, I can establish that. We, I, I listened to um, uh, the one, the the podcast you just you did with Janine. I think uh-huh. she was the fourth one you had on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you were talking about like the disservice that 
a host does when they go up and they immediately start doing crowd work yeah, yeah, and like yeah. where are you from i never do that as a host like ever the fr- yeah, i that's one of my pet peeves and it's I, one I've of my arguments with people and i just i i have to like bite my tongue yeah no it's like just set i have them friends up. who do this and they're still my dear friends yeah but i respectfully disagree with them on this no you set the room up for material yeah, that's your job is to set up. That's what I think. The listening of this crowd right. for material. Because if you go on the road, <laughs> I mean, it's a very New York thing. The crowd work MC. Yeah, like if you go do the DC Improv or something. Yeah, or San Punchline, San Francisco. Common MC walks up, goes hello, yeah. boom, yeah. jokes. Yeah, yeah. And then I just feel like it gets them focused. Right, and then so I've, I'll follow an MC who's done a ton of crowd work, and I'll get on stage, and I'm doing material, and I can feel that the audience is disappointed. Yeah, I mean, you can sometimes I'm it not... works fine, but there is like a thing where you have to go, all right, now it's a different type of uh, focusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am glad that we know it's your birthday, guy over the left. <laughs> yeah, we're done talking about. That. Yeah, that won't be discussed. Yeah. How do you say your last name? Kagani. Kagani. That is a hilarious question. That's that, Did you actually write that one down? No, no, no. I, <laughs> it's been brewing in me. Uh-huh. Because I knew I would. I know it's just wanted for the record. I, I would have figured it out or read it on your website. <laughs> the Mehron. What's your uh, Twitter? Uh, Mehron X, like Malcolm X. But <laughs> I like that. It's M-E-H-R-A-N. More violent. Well, thanks for doing my show, man. Thank you so much and for having me, And good luck with talk. your show in the East Village. I will check it out. I hope so. Have, I'd like I'll. I'll do it for two dollars. I will. I will. I will snatch those two dollars out of audience members. Or heads. you could do a thing where, like, tonight's show is we're not doing the dollar thing, and then then I walk out of there with a fifty. With the fifty, I'll do it. I'll do it, Todd. And uh, <laughs> people at home, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Right. Thanks, man. Bye. Feral audio. Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with the 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLSR ID 399801.